Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Zaldivar here. Welcome to the 90s Galore Podcast Random Show Edition. This is uh, the random show where anything goes. So looking forward to um, this episode. We have a very special guest, someone you've uh, heard on the 90s Galore Podcast before. I believe this is his fourth appearance. Uh, is it really? Yeah, fourth. I, th- I was counting that earlier. I think Jerry. it might be. Yeah, because you did uh you did um Tool. Yeah. Which is the number 2 rated podcast uh, in in 90s glory history by the way. Uh, uh and right. then we did um Forrest Gump and Soundgarden. Yeah. So We did Soundgarden. That's right. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, none other than Jerry Fellman, the 90s glory veteran. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. And I get to see your face this time. So oh, yeah. It's kind of distracting, but also encouraging. <laughs> we get to look at each other's mug for, for an hour or so, you know. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely, man. What's been going on with you, Jerry? I, I see you're hiking a lot lately, man. You're like me. You're Shit, like me. Man. What else are you going to do right now? I Everything's know. closed. You can't go anywhere. No bars, no restaurants, no theme parks, so. You know, like I was saying earlier, we can hike, but even that that world is starting to close down on us, and they're closing down a lot of the hiking trails. So, oh man, dude, I and I'm, I got my one year old and my three year old here, and I gotta you know figure out ways to keep them occupied. And that was that was one of the my main you know first they took away the park, and now I'm hearing the, the hiking. You know, but shit, I, at least you yeah. know we could stay around the yard and you know yeah, whatever. But uh, anyway, you can only watch. You can only watch Tiger King so many times. <laughs> Have you seen uh, it? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm on the last episode, man. Oh, you're on episode seven? Shit, well, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it doesn't really matter because every episode's crazier than the next. I, they kind of are connected, but sometimes they're not. Right. And, uh, wow. I mean, it's kind of weird, like, right? Everyone's stuck in their house. We're all, like, sheltered at home. And all of a sudden, the, the craziest documentary series of all time just happens to land almost perfectly in the timeline of everyone stay home. Now watch the craziest shit you're ever going to watch. <laughs> what a coincidence, huh? Shit. Yeah. Yeah, really crazy white people, bro. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma uh, and Florida. Yeah, man. Perfect that, storm. That is, uh, that's right. Oklahoma and Florida, man. That's, you know, the yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, I was thinking about that. I'm glad you brought that up, Jerry, because last night, man, I was uh, I I couldn't pull away, man. Like that, I'm I'm usually I'm pretty like I'm not a big TV watcher, you yeah. know, in general. Um, I usually just just turn off the TV, ah, eh, whatever, you know, whatever I'm watching. But man, that that uh, documentary really grabbed a hold of me, man. So you just started watching it yesterday, then. You just no, started on it? No, I, I last no. I've been watching it for about trying to get to the end of it, man. You know, okay, uh, for like about two weeks now, man. Because you know, I got I got yeah. toddlers, bro. So you know, it's crazy. It's wild. But you know what's what's yeah. crazy too? It started out as a podcast, but it's not connected to the people that directed it. So in other words, like last year, there was like a Wondery podcast called Tiger King. Really that had. I, I, they only have like two or three episodes that are free and then you have to subscribe to get the rest of the episodes so I haven't subscribed but I watched the series and I went back and I found the podcast and I listened to the two three episodes that were available and it's pretty good and it tells a little bit different story it's not so hard on that Carol Baskin that bitch from Florida <laughs> it's, it's not so bad on her uh-huh. but it's a trip because the podcast is really good and it's it's a, you know just as compelling so I don't know who ripped off who. I'm assuming the Netflix guys kind of ripped off the podcast. But then again, the Netflix guys have been doing it for five years. Right. So, I, you know, it's hard to say. Right, man. No, you know what, man? They, this this documentary they did, man, it's instant credibility, you know. So well, it doesn't matter, you know, because hey, what a documentary, man. What a freaking documentary. Hey, hey Jerry, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears on you right here, bro, because this is the random okay, show, you know. So it. anything anything let's goes. Go random. We there's no, you know, everything is just 
it's a free for all here, bro. So we're just gonna go in all kinds of different directions, man. So what? Do it. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Shit. <laughs> well, it definitely had to do with something random. I can uh, tell you that. Right, right, right. No, I know what I was. I was gonna ask you. What? Do you, so what do you think, man? The random shows. Your first time on the random show, and we're first time on my We're excited to have you, bro. Show. I'm sorry. Well, thanks. I'm just saying, I haven't really caught any of the other random show. Uh, podcast that you've got any of the other episodes i gotta check them out yeah this is the f- i believe the sixth one we've done R- random show oh. and I, I got a new i got a new intro song jerry i'm, I'm moving up here man I, 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 this freaking podcast is is we're embellishing the shit out of it man oh by the way i ran into donna the other day on a walk oh wow and I congratulated no her for being on your podcast but i didn't i didn't hear it i'll be honest i didn't listen to it but how did that go Oh man, that was excellent. That was excellent, man. We we uh, recorded that at uh, her house, you know, and see me. Oh, you went out to the friggin' mansion, the palatial mansion in no Woodland hills or wherever the hell it is. Correction, correction. Her her um, boyfriend's house, I should say. Yes. Uh, oh, he's a Simi Valley guy like us. So yeah, he ain't rich. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man, we went over there and, and just uh, it was great, man. That was you got to listen to that one, Jerry. You got to listen to that. I will. Um, yeah, absolutely. She took us behind the scenes and just told us stories on all kinds of wild shit, man, and it was awesome, dude. You I'll know tell you what, Damon? Damon just had his fiftieth or forty ninth birthday. Forty ninth. Okay, so it was his forty ninth birthday at her house. I friggin' had a few glasses of wine and I laid it all out with her she went deep yeah deep uh, dive on her her history her career you know the first real badass female stunt woman you know the sexual harassment that she endured right the male-dominated industry yeah. She's, you know attractive lady of course and um you know the divorce that she went through with david's dad and you know the money that was made the money that was lost the superstars that you work with on a daily basis She's got a hell of a story. Oh yeah, man. That you know, I I didn't do her justice, man. We should have gone longer, but it, you know, it was, it, we it got kind of late, and um, but it was she did uh, absolutely, Jerry. And I was sitting there at that uh, when I f- not not when I first met her. But I was sitting dur- with you during that conversation at her house during the party, and I was you know I was listening to you guys, and uh, but it basically you know the pot that episode that we did is that conversation you know that we that you saw that you had with her yeah. that, that was basically an extension of of that conversation man but okay yeah cool. really super cool interesting stuff man and you know a whole different world bro I, they can't win an oscar man did you know that oh you mean the uh stunt people stunt performers yeah there's no category oh, that's too bad. That's, that's, i know they have their own award ceremonies and the they probably have a sag thing i don't know but yeah that sucks though right right you know it's that's interesting. I I didn't know that. I was shocked. I was like, "What? What do you mean you can't stunt performers, man? They're they're a, like a integral part of, of production, right? I mean, shit. They, well, they, that's badass shit, man. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine doing that for a living? Oh man. Yeah, that was a. Uh, so she told us, man, some some real cool cool stories. She, uh, you know. Grew up in the valley and a very interesting person, very interesting woman, awesome woman, man. So, yeah, man, it was a blessing to have her. And, um, man, hopefully we can get her back somehow, you know. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, well, man, the random. Yeah, good now, shit. Now more than ever, we got to take care of our older parents and older people. Right, right, man. Dude, I, I asked my mom. I wanted I got I wanted to come over and shit. And my mom told me I don't want to see your ass until this <laughs> she pretty much told me, Oh man, I'm like, Mom, are you serious? You know? She pretty much uh shot well, me she's down. Right. She's right though. She's right, bro. Mom knows. Yeah, but I was kinda like taken back, like, wait, really, Mom? What? I'm your oldest son, I'm your favorite, I'm your f- number one. You know what I mean? Yeah, well. Jeez. <laughs> That's Not f- during a plague. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. My mom ain't messing around, bro. So I, I get, you know, I got to respect that, you know. But it was, it's kind of weird though. At the same time, it's like my mom is like always begging me to come over, you know. Yeah. And uh, Funny. yeah, but whatever, man. Whatever. That's it. That's the you know. It is what it is right now. Temporary and shit, man. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know how it is. Luckily, I'm able to work from home. So I'm still afloat. 
Nice. You're you got the government job, right? The cushy government job. <laughs> no, man. Hey, you know what? I'm still working, man. I'm still working at home. Oh, you do? What do you mean? What do you mean? Do you like create lesson plans? You're not. Oh. Are you a teacher? No, no, no. You're not a teacher. You're no, a counselor. I'm a counselor, but I'm, I'm still. Well, they still got us doing stuff. I, I can't discuss. You know, I, on the air, I can only. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's secret shit. I get it. Yeah, well, we could chat about it uh, on the air, or off the air. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, no, no. They seriously, Jay, Jerry, they got us working, man. And, um, and Samantha's well, that's good, huh? That's actually good. Yeah, no, no. We're, I'm doing. We're helping the community, man. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're doing what we have to do, man. And you know, these unprecedented times, man. You gotta, you know, it's just like wow. You gotta do what's right, bro. You gotta stick to the positive, whatever it is, you know. Absolutely. In whatever fashion that is, yeah, man. So, Rian, we're just doing the right thing, bro, for the community. But you know, we're we're gonna get through this, Jerry. We're gonna get through this, bro. It reminds me of um, you know, some of those movies that we've uh, seen in the past. You know, uh, one that comes to mind is uh, uh, Outbreak. I, I don't know if you remember Outbreak back in the mid nineties. Recently, of course, because of what the hell is going on in the world. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's not a happy. Well, it has a happy ending, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I you know, that was with um, Dustin Hoffman, right? Dustin Hoffman and what the hell is that chick's name? Renee Russo. Renee Russo. That's right. That's right. Man, no, nineteen ninety five. Lethal Na- Weapon. Right, right. Morgan Freeman, and uh, directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in that. Donald Sutherland, man. Cuba. A, yeah. Patrick Dempsey, Kevin before, Spacey. Before he what went a, fucking out of his mind. What a lineup. Who? Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba, Cuba. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you've heard some of the crazy stuff he's been into lately, right? No, like, no, a lot no. Of weird, like, yeah, you got to look it up. You got to Google that. A lot of weird sexual harassment Me Too stuff he's uh-huh. been involved in. Cuba Gooding? It's been a long time since Jerry Maguire, man. Jerry Maguire was 25 years ago or whatever. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, Trey Styles. You know who Trey Styles was or is? Was No. From Boys in the Hood. You never saw Boys in the Hood? Of course, of course. Oh, that's his... That's the way he used to do with the dread? No, no, no. He's the, the boy. He's the the main character. He's the... The protagonist. Are, are you saying Cuba Gooding Jr. was in Boys, Boys in the Hood? Yeah, he was, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah he's Trey. Remember Trey? He's Trey, yeah. He wears the like, weird, like really bad early 90s like African like split clothing. You know, like everyone wore like the African necklaces. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, you know, cross colors. I don't know if you're familiar with cross that. Cross colors, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, man. That was, uh, that was the style back then. That was... Um, you know, yeah, everyone had the rayon shirts, polka dot shirts, and shit, uh, including myself. So, I, 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 huh? I might have rocked it a little bit. Just you know, hey, that was in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever you, was in the mall, you would buy and you would wear. Oh, man, yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Do, do you remember Miller's Outpost? Well, absolutely, man. No fear. <laughs> that was the spot to go shopping, man. That was a uh, damn. That that's a that's yeah. But that's way like back. Levi's and Vans. I mean, shit, yeah. Your mom either has to get paid, or she's gonna save up, or she's gonna like drop that shit on you. Like this is your birthday, or this. Is <laughs> so whatever we're going into here to get, you better chalk it up to one of the two because we ain't buying more beyond that. Yeah, bro. I hear you. Hey. Levi's in the eighties and like early nineties were still forty, fifty bucks a pair. You know, whatever it was, they were to get the fresh ones. They were, man, you're right, man. So, I mean, if, you know, back then, if mom's was going to drop, you know, a hundred bucks, a dime on it, you better make sure you get the freshest Levi's or the freshest Vans or like whatever, you know, sweaters you could get. Because at least for me anyway, there wasn't going to be a whole lot of trips around the mall to other stores after Miller's Outpost. Right, right. And especially remember the stonewash, the stonewash jeans and shit. Remember that? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh yeah. those were super cool, man. I, I I always coveted a pair, and I don't think I ever got. Eh, no, no, I think I had one pair, man, and I was, I thought it was the coolest thing, you know. And this was like early nineties, not, not no, not even that late eighties, man. Like late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Miller's Outpost, Town and Country, Maui and Sons. I mean, that's the surfer kid shit. But remember, um, yeah, Public Image. Did you ever know Public Image? I I remember Public Image, man. I never had one of those. 
You never had the a shirt in like the store. Yeah, like it was like a dude, a yeah. silhouetted dude in sunglasses. Right, right, exactly. I remember that. That was I used it. To buy that or like bum? Was it bum equipment? Bum equipment. Yeah, that's still around, right? I think. Uh, I don't uh, know. I just remember people wearing the baggy, like MC Hammer, shitty, like rayon or nylon pants. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, man! Hey, those. Hey, MC Hammer was cool, man. Come on now. I did buy the album. I did like it. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was, uh, you know, I, it's funny. MC Hammer, man. It, true story. He's a, uh, uh, this is, uh, we were tweeting back and forth uh, maybe a few weeks back. And uh, I was just, th- I was, uh, I think he was in, um, he was doing shows in LA. And. Uh, like recently? Yeah. Like a few weeks ago, man. Oh. B- probably about a month ago. Now okay. on my Twitter. Yeah. I'm more active. I mean, I, I, I'm more active like on a, IG. He's a pastor. Something, I, you know. Uh, no, I think he was performing his, his, you know, his music. But okay, he probably goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, he met, uh, he posted some videos about, uh, or actually some uh, of Santa Monica, just like some panoramic, uh, you know, shots, and just the camera panning, and I, I, I recognized it, and I thought it was Santa Monica, so I said, hey, Hammer, is that Santa Monica? And he responded. He said, yeah. Wow. And, and then, uh, and then I, I think we had two other tweets. I forgot what I said, but he was, like, uh, engaging for a little bit. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Hmm. Freaking Hammer. MC Hammer, man. Please, Hammer, don't you, hurt him. You can't touch this, yeah. You know? <laughs> And uh, anyway, so that that's my little MC Hammer story, bro. You know, nope. yeah. Jerry. No, see, here's the here's the funny thing. I I do have to say this. I never really talked to you about this, but you know, I'll give you my heritage background, which you already know. My mom is Hispanic. My dad is white. So through like junior high, because that's when the division happened in elementary. Everyone's down. You know, the black kids, the brown kids, white kids. Everyone hangs. It's like kumbaya, right? Right. And there's no division. But once you get to like junior high to high school, then it starts to divide a little bit. Like, yeah. are you going to hang with the surfers, the skaters, <laughs> the punkers, the rockers? Right. Or like, you're going to hang with like, kind of like the hoods or the jocks jo- or like the gangsters or whatever, you know? Or are you, so you going like, to just be a solo, you know, Lone Ranger? Too, well, right? Like prison. You can't ever go solo because you get your slit cut, your, your throat slit in the bathroom. Oh, I see. In the shower. True. You got to pick a, you got to pick a tribe, bro. You got to pick a tribe. Right. So, like, in, like, the late 80s, which was middle school, junior high, and then going into high school, which is the 90s for me, I remember, like, yeah, I was listening to Guns N' Roses and Metallica, and I, you know, graduated to the Soundgardens and everything, but I had an older brother, totally into hip-hop, super into, like, you know, like, New Edition early, and then, like, eventually got to, like, Keith Sweat and I'll Be Sure, and, like, Bobby Brown, and then, like, EPMG, and then Kumo D, then Run DMC, and then right Jeez. into like NWA because that changed everything. NWA is like kind of like when I was listening to like crappy hair metal and then I found Metallica uh-huh. and it changed everything. Yeah. That's what NWA was. You're listening to like kind of mellow positive pop or positive like hip hop, like uh, KRS One or some Boogie Down Productions. It's kind of positive, you know, it's not really gangster. Then all of a sudden NWA right. comes out. That's like the Metallica. That's like the hardcore shit. Right. And I pushed all like the positive hip-hop aside because i kind of listened to what my brother was listening to and then i kind of went into like more gangster like shit more harder ice tea whatever right but it's funny i'll talk to friends now that i kind of grew up with in the music world in the sound garden or like heavy metal punk rock grunge world and i'll talk to them about well yeah did you guys ever listen to like public enemy or epmd and like a lot of the white dudes that i hang out with now that i hung out with when i was a kid like what epm what or like really like yeah they don't really get hip-hop they don't understand it wow so Mm. me growing up it's like i gotta straddle both sides like the hip-hop side and also like you know the grunge white boy side right and i noticed that with some of your earlier like you know 90s galore podcast shows that you kind of have some of that you have like the 90s grunge and metal then you have like the 90s like black street or jodeci or some of that r&b r&b stuff but yeah. you know what i got out of it at a certain point when i hit like 15 16 no more like r&b stuff at all i had or no more hip hop. <laughs> other than other than snoop snoop changed a lot of shit when snoop came out yeah and, and dre was doing his thing of course of course you're gonna listen to that you know and then yeah um 
Cypress Hill, you know, Cypress Hill and all that shit. Right. Oh, man. But, you know, it's interesting, Jerry, you bring up a good point because you you had these, um, yeah, you had the hip hop, you know, like De La Soul and stuff like that. But then when the gangster rap came on the scene, man, you know. It that kinda, changed a lot of shit. Yeah. It, you didn't want to be a pussy and listen to the wrong rap, you know. <laughs> right, right, but even though the the the, the, the you know the the hip hop continued to evolve, you know the you know regular hip hop, not gangster rap, but for example, you know um, the Far Side, for example, you know, oh, yeah, uh, I on the West Coast, sure. yeah, on the West on the West Coast, you know, and then on the East Coast, you still had guys, you know, doing you know hip hop, and then uh, and then Wu Tang comes out, you know. And that was just I, the I whole. But admit, in in a shitty way, I never got into Wu Tang when they were big. But when they splintered and like Redman and like ODB and shit came out, then I started listening. Oh yeah. I don't know if that makes me like a poser or whatever, but I really like ODB and yeah. Method Man and shit. But I don't know. But as the Wu Tang, I was probably listening to Tool and like Primus and just it glossed over me. I don't know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> No, hey, but yeah, you're right. I'm uh, I'm glad you noticed that, Jerry, because I was uh, growing up, man. I've always had a very eclectic um, taste for music. You know, I, I didn't always just stick to one genre. You know, uh, even in the kept '80s, man. Sane, man, kept us sane, right? What's that? Yeah, kept us sane, kept us happy, just like not being pigeonholed in one style or one vibe. Exactly, bro. For example, I mean, I loved like George Michael, and, uh, the Culture Club, stuff like that. I like too. that shit. Hell yeah. Oh, That's really? Good. Well, let's see. Uh, Faith, and then when George Michael did like the Listen Without Prejudice album, uh-huh. which had like the Freedom and the Supermodels, right. they were like, <laughs> I like that. And then, uh, then he got super gay. Okay, <laughs> like no, nothing, nothing bad with the gays. I love the gays, but I'm just saying, right. at a certain point, George <laughs> Michael just went. Totally on a different level, bro. He went like RuPaul uh, or something. But well, you know, you think you look back at uh, his Wham stuff, bro. Particularly the song. Uh, yeah, the eighties though. He gets a pass. He gets like the Debbie Gibson pass. That's the eighties. Wow. <laughs> but look, you look at that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You look at that video, for example, the uh, Club, Club yeah, Tropicana. You're right. I mean, uh, Careless you know. Whisper was dope, and you know, I like that last. Chris, oh, I love that song, bro. Yeah, yeah. See, there's some jams in there that's good. And then he goes on to Faith, and he's got like the beard or like the, you know, like the Don Johnson, like yeah. five o'clock shadow. He's yeah. got the leather jacket, the ripped jeans. He looked like a tough guy. Right. Top models, only women in his videos. You're like, dude, this guy's the man. Right. If oh, only right. I had his life. If only I could get these women. Like George <laughs> Michael. He's just a pimp. Uh-huh. He's just, you know, getting chicks right and left. And then all of a sudden, he gets a little emo with that, uh, freedom album or you know what is it listen without prejudice and after that you look at the videos totally different dude totally different dude yeah. he's dancing he's dancing with the dudes bro he's no longer dancing with the women it, it just changed <laughs> it just changed for me but uh-huh. you, but early on loved it loved his stuff yeah huge fan totally get it do you remember uh and, go ahead i was just gonna say and you know the later stuff is probably good i'm just being a dick it's, i just haven't listened to it <laughs> Well, no, I was going to ask you if you remember his song, uh, that album he did with uh, the single Fast Love. Uh, what year? You got to Ni- give me a year. 1995, bro. Oh, shit. No, no. I wouldn't know George Michael in 95. Oh. I really wouldn't. Okay, see? No, no. They got I was it. too out. I was too gone. I was too, like, out of, out of that genre. It was basically, it was, the album was called Older. It was released in 96. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you know, that. That was only one album after uh, "Listen Without Prejudice," uh, but that was—I well, mean, there was a six, big hiatus. That's yeah. a big, like, friggin' break for him then, because we're talking like six-year break. Exactly. "Listen Without Prejudice" was was uh, they were uh, excuse me, uh, released in uh, yeah, nineteen ninety, September ninety, and then you had "Older" in May of ninety-six. Yeah, six years, bro. So yep. very interesting, bro. But uh, yeah, he just evolved. He was an artist, bro. I liked him. Great voice. Really great voice. Absolutely. And I really loved the duet he did with Elton John, because I'm a huge Elton John fan. And he did that song, Don't Let the Sun Go Down. Oh, yeah, great song. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yeah. So it was like, like a, maybe a Freddie Mercury tribute concert. I don't know what the occasion was, uh-huh. but you got to look it up. You got to YouTube it, you know, and look up George Michael 
with Elton John doing Don't Let the Sun Come Down on Me. It's so beautiful. It's oh, so yeah. perfect. Absolutely. And I'm just like, wow. That, that's an amazing get the chills kind of moment, those two. Right. No, great song. Absolutely. Duet. Uh, you know, uh, what about that song? Um, he did, uh, he was part of Band-Aid, the other Christmas song. Oh, yeah. The Band-Aid song, the, um, let them know it's Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That yeah, that song. That song. That's freaking awesome. Of course. I love that. Do they, do they know it's Christmas? Yeah, and uh, yeah, he had a great uh, little. Uh, I guess it, you know he had a verse in there or a cameo. And, yeah, uh, yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, he had the best voice. Uh, oh man, of his like peers and of his peeps. You know who had a great I voice mean, too, or does have a great voice? Who's that? Uh, <laughs> I could be anyway. <laughs> I really narrowed that down. Huh? <laughs> oh shit. Uh, the another George. He has his George in the name, his last name, Boy, Boy George. George. Yes, yes. Great voice, bro. Great yeah. fucking voice. Yeah, I love Culture Club, man. Uh, which he, you know, I say that because he also appeared in that song uh, with George Michael, the Christmas song uh, with Band Aid, and yeah. he, he had a great They're cameo. British. Those those Wait, two okay. were my two favorite cameos of that uh, song. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm just saying since we're going full random. That you're talking about Band-Aid, I do have to mention this because it's relative to like something I saw that was really profound within the last week. Um, so do you know who was the organizer of Band-Aid and who started it in the 80s? Oh, man. I, you know what? I saw a documentary on this. Shame on me. I don't remember. You know who I'm talking about, though? It's like, a, okay, he starred as Pink in the Pink Floyd The Wall movie. Oh, man. He's, he's not an actor. He's a, he's a musician. But anyway, so it's uh -huh. Bob Geldof. Okay. So Bob Geldof, the organizer of Band-Aid, he got all those bands together. He saw a random documentary on the BBC about African and Ethiopia and how they're starving and, and there's that crazy famine. So anyway, yes. long story short, he felt like, I got to do something. I got to make a difference. He organized Band-Aid. Uh -huh. Super awesome guy. Um, he's in this band called boomtown rats they have that song tell me why i don't like mondays i don't know if you know the song but who's that with you gotta be Bye. probably british or the uk to know it <laughs> that's good shit jerry wait who, but anyway who sings so, that song about? i'm sorry it's, it's called the band that bob geldoff was in it's called the boomtown rats okay and they had that one hit with tell me why i don't like mondays Okay. And then here in the States, they never really took off, but I think he's Irish. And then, you know, Ireland, Scotland, Britain, Britain, they all like, you know, pretty much support each other because they all share the music and the influence in the bands. So in the UK, he's really big. But of course, because he was big in the UK, that's how he was able to organize Band-Aid. But anyway, so my wife and I, we watched that documentary on Michael Hutchins. It's on like Amazon Prime. I think it, it's like three bucks or five five bucks. You can download it. But Michael Hutchins from NXS. Yeah. You know this story a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. So he died in like 97, uh -huh. hung himself, kind of like Chris Cornell. It's very sad. But they're also claiming, at least his ex-wife was claiming, oh, it was, it was autoerotic asphyxiation. He didn't just hang himself. He was, he was jerking off and hanging himself. Mm. Kind of like what some people claim Robin Williams was up to. Oh my god! And uh, David Carradine. David Carradine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, you know, you tie it, you tie it somewhere around your neck, and then you start jerking off. I don't know. I, I don't know anything really about it. Never anyway, tried it. Yeah. Never tried it. <laughs> Obviously, we're both here talking and talking shit, so we didn't die from it if we did try it. But right. nonetheless, so Michael Hutchins has this documentary called Mystify. Uh, Mystify is a song on, I think, Kick the album Kick. Okay. But anyway. I don't know how much you know of In Excess, but the album Kick. Love In Excess. Love One of the friggin' best albums of like new wave, pop. Absolutely. You know, modern rock, whatever. Yes. yes, sir. And it's beautiful stuff. And But if you ever have a chance, man, yeah, watch this documentary on his life because Bob Geldof, right? He ends up at the end of the documentary, at the end of his life, hooked up with, with um, God, what's her name? You have the internet in front of you. Look it up. Michael Hutchins' wife was Bob Geldof's ex-wife. And she oh, had a shit. couple kids 
with Bob Geldof. So towards the end of the documentary, and I don't want to spoil too much, but Michael Hutchins is supporting her. Then they have a kid together. And ultimately what ends up happening is there's a lot of stress on him with his career, with this wife, with going to court, fighting Bob Geldof in court. He's going there fighting for those kids, you know, talking kind of mad shit with Michael Hutchins on the phone. And they had a huge blowout, a huge fight. Like the last night that Michael Hutchins was alive. And that's when he hung himself because he got a huge fight with Bob Geldof about the custody of the kids and what's going to happen. And it's really sad. And then what's even more sad, I think three years later, you know, Bob Geldof's ex-wife, Michael Hutchins' wife, when he died, ended up dying from a drug overdose. Oh, shit. Really? And then like 10 years, 11 years after that, Bob Geldof's uh, daughter and this woman's daughter dies of a heroin overdose too. Wow. Tragedy after tragedy. And all the while, because Mm -hmm. Michael Hutchins was dead, his ex-wife was dead, Bob Geldof ends up raising their daughter because they ended up having a daughter before Michael Hutchins died. And uh, he raised her as his own. Wow. Because both the parents were dead, you know? And of course, by him raising her, you know, they... He had the money, he had the resources, and, and the siblings, you know, yeah. Michael Hutchins' daughter, siblings, that's with him. But it's weird because Peaches Geldof and the other daughters grew up, you know, in the UK in the, in the early 2000s as celebutants, which is like, you oh. know, Nicole Richie and like Paris Hilton, they're, yeah. or the Kardashians are celebutants. So, you know, it's just weird to hear the story how we don't really know these people. We don't, they're not in our tabloids, they're not in our, we don't have the BBC or, the Daily Mirror or whatever the hell they have in the UK. So we don't know their life, but right. it's just weird if you look into what happened with these people and and the drugs and the suicides and all that. It's just sad and it's just UK, you right. know, tablet shit, UK stuff that we don't hear about. But yeah, anyway, Polly Yates, right? Up, live Aid. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I like that, Jerry. Shit. Uh, Polly Yates is her name. Paula Yates, yep. She was um she was like a um, an interviewer for the BBC and she would, you know, kinda cute, blonde, skinny girl. Yeah. Would go out and do a lot of celebrity interviews and stuff. And I think there's footage in that documentary of her interviewing Michael Hutchins like in the eighties and obviously they both had like a an attraction to each other and you can see it in the interview and then you know, they both end up, you know, marrying or, or getting with other people, but they come back together like in the mid nineties, like it comes full circle when they're both single or whatever. And, and that's where tragedy happens. But yeah. And you know, <laughs> wow, it man. makes for a great documentary. Not as good as Tiger King, mind you. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Man, that is a, that's some interesting, interesting stuff there, you know, but you did, you did mention, uh, um, Oh man. Yeah, Peach. Yeah, I was looking at their kids, Peaches and Pixie Geldof. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, but it was. I know what I was gonna say. It was uh, this documentary you're talking about. It wasn't the behind the. You remember VH1 behind the music? Yeah, it wasn't the behind the music. But I know I've seen the behind the music for NXS. It's fucking really good, and it does go into the Michael Hutchins suicide and the breakup of the band and all that. Now, what they don't go on at all in the documentary about is what happened to NXS. After Michael Hutchins' death, do you know anything about this? Mm, not really, man. Go ahead and enlighten me. Okay, remember in the early or the mid two thousands or something, they had this horrible VH1 reality show called Making the Band. Oh yeah. Or like if, I don't know, it's called that or or, or like um, Rockstar Supernova. Maybe it was Rockstar Supernova. I don't I, I, remember. I think it was Making the Band. Anyway, no, I don't know. I I, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. But anyway, in excess. They were out of singer. You know, Michael Hutchins had been dead for almost you know, five, six, maybe 10 years at that point. So they teamed up with VH1. They did a reality show, like, to find a new singer to front in excess. They find this guy out of Canada, J.D. Fortune. He was, like, lim- living under a bridge and broke. And they hired him, and they recorded an album together. Something about Vegas, like Dirty Vegas. I don't even know the name of the song. It's, it's just friggin' horrible. But he does or at least he did sound a lot like Michael Hutchins. They did the album, they toured, they did all like the publicity they could do to try to make it like, here we go, new singer, we're off and running. But 
it just didn't take. You know, it's just too phony. You know, they tried to kind of force it, and people didn't like it. People didn't buy it. Yeah. And NXS just fizzled out pretty soon after. And and I think the JD Fortune guy ended up living under a bridge again. And broke. Jeez, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> he started out broke, got rich with NXS. They dumped him, and then he went back to being broke. <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Uh, I love NXS, man. I love that whole fucking album, Kick. Kick and, is uh, a classic, yeah, man. I mean, all, what, 10, 12 songs, whatever's on there, everyone is great. It's just a band at their peak. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Oh, man, I remember. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, so, like I was telling you earlier, Jerry, man, I, I grew up, man, you know, even when I was a kid, I'm a school age kid, you know. I was already loving uh, all kinds of different, you know, music. You know, just a kid, man, and you know, I, I guess, uh, and I even tried That's to. What I like about your, your like the '90s Galore podcast and shows because even though I don't have a chance to listen to them all, I follow you on Instagram. So if people out there don't follow you on Instagram, please do. '90s Galore podcast. That's right. But anyway, when I look at like the new alerts or like the new posts that you put up there, like oh, you know, just interviewed this coach or just interviewed this random guy here or there. I, I always scroll to like what was the discussion like what did you talk about for that episode and I've seen it like a lot of 90s you know we did some grunge you've done some grunge on your own but like some of the hip-hop or R&B and, and uh, yeah. that kind of stuff dude it's really cool I'm, I'm really stoked to see that you have that kind of diversity because not many people do absolutely thank you Jerry yeah man absolutely I can't just narrow it down you know there's so much that I like you know, there's so much to talk about. This just, I'm just like a, I'm just trying to be an artist with a different, you know, I got my brush, Jerry, and I got all, I got the palette full of different colors. Why, why would I just use one color, you know, from that palette? Absolutely. That's just me, bro. You know, why, why would you just have one flavor of ice cream your whole, your whole life? That would, that would kind of be boring, dude. To me, anyways. Whatever. You know, to each his own. To each his own, man. I'm, but that was just that's just me, Jerry. You know. No, I get it, man. I think that's great because you know, nowadays it's weird. You know, you and I grew up in a time before the internet. Because I'll talk to people, I'm in sales, I talk to people all the time, you right. know, of all ages. Right. A lot of entrepreneurs that are a lot younger than me. Uh huh. Jerry. Talk about not knowing a time without the internet. You, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, okay, so I'll make sure. Um, I was just saying, like, you know, you know people, probably. I mean, of course, and I know people that are from a time where they don't know that the internet wasn't there. Like, they never lived without the internet, in other words. Like, right. you know, the earliest you can remember is like, what, seven, eight years old? Yeah. Uh, There's a shit ton of people out there that by the time they were six, seven years old, they're on the internet. That's all they know is the internet. Right. That's true. That's true, man. I mean, in I, the 90s and mm-hmm. 80s, there's no internet, bro. If you want to see music, you had to go to a music store. You had to go buy it. You had to go steal it from someone else. Like, I remember going to parties at people's houses and if I didn't like the person, I'd go to their CDs <laughs> and I might end up with three or four in my pocket or down my Jeez. pants by the time I left that party. That's messed up, Jerry. That's messed up. Yes. Man. It's fucked up. I know. <laughs> but that's, that's, that was before Napster. You had to steal music literally. <laughs> yeah, man. Either from people's parties where you didn't care about the people or I'm not, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to say I stole from a few stores, but I'm going to say that a few times, maybe some, CDs that I knew I really had to have might have ended up on my person without any money being exchanged. Exactly. I hear you, man. I hear you. So, I, so money, uh, so music has always been um, been stolen, man, in one well, way or yeah. another. Huh? Everybody's in it. Yeah, yeah. Support music. That sucks. You know. Yeah, music to us growing up because MTV was huge, huge because. You probably watched Yo MTV Raps. Oh man, MTV was like the coolest thing, you know. That was when the, it played music, right? Hell yeah, when, yeah. When it played music, 
that MTV was huge, bro. You know, even in the, especially in the early '90s, man, it just skyrocketed at that time. But, I mean, uh, I, I listened to it and I cared about it, and ultimately, I it influenced me. I mean, that's what kept me going. If I saw a good band or something, I I, I couldn't see otherwise mm-hmm. because there's no internet. You know, mind you, kids that might be listening. Yeah. When you were younger in the nineties, in the late eighties, the only way to hear music was to the radio, MTV, going to the record store or the music store and maybe, you know, listening to a sampling or just having a friends or older siblings that wouldn't be cool enough to turn you on to some good stuff. Otherwise you wouldn't Google There's no Googling a new band or a new style or something that you might've missed out on. You had to actually seek and search out the art. You know, it wasn't there in your bedroom and your underwear to flip open your computer or or turn on your phone and and look it up. And we had to seek and search it out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole different. Yeah. I think back at those times, man, you know, pre-internet, you know, pre, uh, well, CDs came along in the eighties, mid eighties, right? Mid late eighties. Yeah. Late eighties. I think I bought my first CD in like 91 or something. Right. But I remember, you know, they were they were all around already. But uh, yeah, man, you, you know, pre cell phones. You remember the phones we used to use, man? With the, you know, just a regular standard phone, man. With even the rotary phones and shit. You know, just fucking. Yeah, if you wanted to go go wireless or cordless or whatever, or if you wanted to have some privacy, let's say, what you have to do is go to Radio Shack and get like one of those fifty foot curly cords for your handset. You know, for your for your landline, and then you just plug it into your like kitchen phone or wherever your phone was, uh-huh. and then you could drag that shit all the way to your bedroom. Exactly, man. Yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> the only way for privacy. Yeah, <laughs> you have yeah you have those uh, phone cords all going all throughout the hallways and stuff, and you know. Oh, yeah, those were the days, man. Then you had call waiting and shit. Remember call waiting? (laughs) Three-way calling. Call waiting, hell yeah. Conference calling, yeah. Yeah, that was was like the shit to get the the conference call and the three-way calling. You know what I mean? Even call waiting when it came out. Oh, man. Trip, yeah. Trippy. That's trippy, man, to think back at those times. Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, Jerry, because yeah, you. Wait, how long you been in Southern, Southern California? Again, you were. I mean, you came. So like, my story is a trip because, you know, I grew up in Idaho, Oregon, and Utah until I was like nine, ten years, nine years old, and then when I was nine, I moved out to North North Hollywood, and this was in 1984, so this was during the '84 Olympics. So imagine being a kid from Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, coming all the way there to North Hollywood, you know, this crazy, busy metropolis. You know, North Hollywood, it's the valley, but it's a super busy part of the valley and somewhat ghetto. And on top of that, during the 1984 Olympics, when L.A. was probably double its regular capacity of people because of just crazy shit going on. And, uh, wow, man, it's just, it was just overwhelming for a nine year old kid. But, and I used to ride the bus. I used to ride the, I guess it was the RTD was the RTD back in the eighties in LA. I I think it was, but, uh, we used to ride the RTD bus because we went to a private school on like Van Nuys Boulevard or uh, Sherman way. We kept to take Sherman way to get to it. But yeah, man, that's nuts. But okay, so I lived in uh, North Hollywood for a few years, and then Northridge for a few years after until about 1990. Okay, and that's why I moved to Southern Utah for like five years, back to Utah, but this time St. George, Utah, and then and back to SoCal, but this time Moore Park in '95. Uh, oh, okay, okay, '95, yeah. So, so you weren't, yeah, man. That was uh, you know, the '80s to the '90s. Was uh those are my four eighties and nineties my formative years, bro. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, right? I think you were in the same boat, and uh, and then you know, kind of uh, 
I was by that by the two thousands, man. I was pretty, you know. I, I had a, I, by that time I was already. I mean, just look into all kinds of music, you know, all kinds of music, man. Been so, yeah. I had a big Case Logic full of I don't know two hundred CDs. Yeah, <laughs> remember that's awesome. the, I had one of those. Yeah, man, that was a. <laughs> you had one of those. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd that's have the, like, what's that? That's where your media was stored. That's where you stored your media. Yep. Yeah, and then and then you go into people's homes. They'd have the cell, you know, the CD towers, you know, in the cases, all nice and neat. And if someone was friggin' rolling, so if like one of your boys or somebody new had some money, then they had like a six disc changer uh-huh. in their friggin' car. It's like, whoa, this guy's balling. Right, right. <laughs> what the fuck? How can he fit six discs in his radio? And then if he was even more friggin' dope than that. He'd have like a tendus changer and he'd have to go to the back of his like car, like lift up the hood and open like a latch. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden there's like a tendus changer in the back. I mean, that was pimping. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the C- <laughs> Those are super <laughs> cool, man. The, C- the CD changers and the, oh man. Yeah. Shit, we, the, the simpler times, huh, Jerry? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> man, I, I'm gonna keep. Uh, I gotta keep doing my push-ups, Jerry. I'm doing 100 push-ups a day. Today was the first day I stopped, or that I didn't what? do them. For real? Yeah, man. I had. A, I was on a roll. What's since Monday? Last Monday, not last Monday. So I was like, today was the first day I didn't do them. So what is that? Nine days in a row. Oh man. So I feel. I'm feel. I, I, you know, I don't have weights. We can't go to the gym. And yeah, that's true. We're fucked. All what I have do, is, man? yeah, I don't have a home gym or anything, so it's just, you know, just got to do push-ups, got to get creative. A lot of walking, man. That's like in prison, bro. That's, that's called prison push-ups. Oh, shit, I know, bro. That's, uh... Pretty soon, you, you know how, like, how they do, like, for real prison push-ups, though, right? Yeah. I, I only know this because of TV, right? Because I've never been to prison, but... <laughs> You're an 8x10. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know that. Uh, you're an 8x10. You got a freaking bunk bed. You only have so much room straight ahead, but you have a lot of room from like side to side if you do this like crazy method of you lean on your like bunk bed on the bottom bunk on the railing, right? Where the mattress fits in. And you just basically kind of do, I guess it'd be, you're just kind of like doing a push up, but you're, half your body's leaned up on the top of the, the railing of that bunk bed. So you just do push-ups off the, the bed, like off the, the friggin' bed frame, like up and down. Instead of like flat on the ground, like what, you know, a traditional push-up is, prison, prison push-ups are, you put half your feet or your feet like on one side of the cell and the rest are outstretched on the bunk bed, but uh-huh. on the railing, on the frame of the bunk bed. So that's how you do your push-ups. Oh. That's, that's called prison push-ups, right? Uh-huh. It's like your body is like kind of outstretched from the end of the cell to like the the bed frame. And then if you want to do some dips, you turn around onto that bed frame and then you face the wall and then you just like dip, you know, your butt onto the ground and then back up. And then your arms are resting on the back of the frame. Right. Right. So that's your dip. So you go between prison push-ups and dips and you do like, you know, three reps of 30 each. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, that reminds me of, um, my friend, I had a friend, a cousin's friend. He had gone to, he, he had, he went to jail for an extended period of time. He was telling the story. This is, you know, 20 years ago. But he mentioned that they would take, like, get underneath the bunks and bench press, like, you know, press them up. You know, they'd lay on the floor underneath them and they'd press them. You know, they do reps of these, pressing these bunks up and down like a bench press. Crazy man! Wait, is it is like a dude laying on it or no? I think you know. They, I don't remember, but I know he. He did mention that, you know, it was just, they would just press these um, bunks, man, and just, you know, crazy stuff. But, yeah, you got to get creative and shit, right? I mean, <laughs> shit. Yeah, we- man. I mean, we're kind of, we're in that position now because, you know, I, I belong to Gold's, and, of course, you can't go to Gold's. That ain't happening. But I got this email uh-huh. saying that, oh, for all Gold's members, it's free until further notice, Instagram live classes. So I'm like, all right, you know, Instagram live, it's free. 
So you get like an instructor. You just have to go on your phone, go to Instagram Live, and then all of a sudden you can see a half hour or one hour class. That makes sense. So I get on there, like I think today, I think it was, and sure enough, there's like an instructor lady. That's fine. She's doing her thing. I'm going to watch. And then as soon as she started to get going, she like starts reading her phone. Oh, hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. Or <laughs> hi, Mike. Thanks. Oh, Susie. Yeah, it's been hard. It's like, dude, are you going to work out? Are you going to respond to your damn phone the whole time? And I just had, I just had to tune out. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't feeling it. It just, you can tell she was trying to get a routine going, but she's too busy reading comments and like shit coming across the wire that I was just like, no. Yeah, yeah. This uh, new technology doesn't work. Right, exactly. She's like way too distracted to get going. She's like thinking she's got to respond to every goddamn comment. Exactly, man. It just was too much, too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just got on Instagram about, I don't know, man. I, I want to say August, September. That's how, I, that's how I see all your posts, then, right? The 90s galore stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I've only been, I haven't even been on in a year, you know. And, yeah, that's no, good. You got a good following. You got some traction. No, and you got some good content. And I am going to put together your logo, so don't worry. Oh, that's thanks. That's going to happen. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, you know, I want to upgrade the logo a little bit. I like the logo, but it just, yeah. And, and you know, we got got to evolve, right, Jerry? I mean, yeah. Know, we'll uh, get something modern. Got to upgrade or, or, you know, embellish and polish the, uh, got to keep things polished. Not that it's not uh, now, but. You know what I mean. You got to keep uh, up in the game, stepping up your game. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know. And, dude, here's the thing, too. We all got to do whatever we can to stay sane for the next few months. You know, I don't know. I don't want to be doom or gloom, but if you watch the news, which I tend to because I'm working from home and I'll get alerts from Facebook or CNN that, you know, Trump is live the coronavirus task force is live right or you know the mel mary garcetti or you know gavin newsom the governor is live so of course you tune in because you're like all right well what you know what are these guys going to say today and what i saw i think it was today that trump's like oh the next two weeks are going to be the toughest americans stay in your house don't go anywhere uh-huh. it's going to be you know the what they call the peak or the surge Oh, geez. So it's like, all right, well, whatever, man. You know, it's all doom and gloom. I don't want to watch it and get absorbed by it. You know, no. I want to live my life. And, and we're pretty damn lucky. Where we live is very, very secluded from the rest of the world. We're not in L.A., even though we're close to L.A., but we're not in L.A. We're not in the city. We don't have, like, ghetto projects or crazy, like, neighborhoods near us. Everything's pretty safe and, and, and packed away. But, um, yeah, at the same time, you know, you don't want to go like friggin' stir crazy, like in, uh, the shining. Oh, you've seen the shining. You know, the shining. (laughs) fuck you. I've seen that. So the shining really isn't, I mean, it's about ghosts. It's about, you know, being haunted or whatever afterlives or living a second life, whatever the hell Kubrick and Stephen King were trying to tell. But really, I think the story about it is just being stir crazy. It's about, Friggin' Jack Torrance being stuck in that hotel for, you know, six months of the year during the winter season, having all the food he wants, having all the space and alcohol and shit he wants to, to pass the time, but that's still not enough. You know, he's still stuck in his own head. He's still stuck in this weird funk of having an obligation to his employer and also trying to not go insane with just his kid and his wife. And ultimately, you know, shit goes down the wrong way. He goes insane, and it kind of, it's not because of his kid and wife, but the kid and wife ain't helping much, because at the end, he's trying to kill their asses. Right, right. But same thing, it's kind of like us. You can't leave, I mean, we can leave the house, but we're told not to. We can walk and hike, but we're told it's dangerous. You know, we can go to the store, but they say, do it quick, and then get your ass back home. You know, in a lot of ways, we're kind of like living the shining a little bit, bro. Well, you know, <laughs> geez, but, but that's like a, keep all the axes out of your house. I got a little axe. Jeez, I know, right? <laughs> I got to get rid of all my tools now and shit. All my sharp, you know, and, kitchen and knives. Ironically, and I don't want to like draw any weird parallels, but 
you saw me for Halloween, right? For last year? Oh, yeah. You were Jack Torrance, dude. I was Jack Torrance, dude. I had the axe. I had the sweater. I had the blood trickling down my head like, you know, Wendy hit me with the bat. Yeah. So that was a weird, weird friggin' premonition that <laughs> now we're living the, the shining, right? Yeah. But, you know, that um, it's interesting you brought that up. I thought about that, man. That what? Uh, but you know what? Before I get to that point, I, I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this as you were speaking. Um, the picture at the end, you know, you know, at the, at the very end, yeah. you know, the camera pans up to a picture, and it's Jack Torrance, like a picture from like the nineteen twenties, right? Now, here's the funny thing. Explain that to me, man. So, I mean, there, there really isn't. It's very ambiguous. So Stephen King wrote the book. It's a good book. I read it but I was like in high school, so I don't remember a lot of the elements, but um, Jack Torrance, and I'm not doing any spoilers, but Jack Torrance in the book ends up being good. Seems the family and gets the family out of the hotel because I think it was him or the ghosts light the boiler room on like fire or, or at least get the boiler room gas all lit up. And basically the hotel explodes, the overlook explodes in the book. And Jack Torrance, the hero that all of a sudden turns good at the end and saves his family. Now, in the movie, Jack Torrance is the ultimate villain. He's possessed by his own spirit or the weird Jeeves-like friggin' uh, bartender. And he's told by this ghost to kill them because they know or, or you know, they're, they're talking about him. And, you know, he goes nuts and feels like he has to kill them. And ultimately, we all know he doesn't kill them, but he dies in the labyrinth on his own. Right, and then all of a sudden, in the movie—not in the book, but in the movie—yes, he appears in this this Fourth of July party at the Overlook from like the 1920s, where he's like the star. So, yeah, it's not like a narrative in the book. The book is totally different in that regard. This is a Stanley Kubrick thing, where he kind of decided to have some artistic license there, and he's ambiguous. He doesn't tell you. He doesn't tell you in interviews. He doesn't tell you in the movie. Did Jack live in the twenties, die, and then get reborn again as this other version of Jack that goes crazy and tries to kill his family? Or is was Jack never what he never existed in the Overlook? And then after he tried to kill his family, all of a sudden there's a parallel universe where he appears in the photo. Right. It, it never explains it. It never explains it. Oh wow, man! Yeah, I was trying to uh, draw draw the connect that to the story. You know how the relevance of that picture, and how you know, I was thinking how how would it relate? You know, what what's the what's the thing there? What's the uh, you know how does that fit into the story? And I just it's couldn't. Just Stanley couldn't, Kubrick, man. Yeah, I couldn't it's piece like, it. Huh? It's, it's like two thousand one with the obelisk. You know, the monkeys that are dancing around the obelisk. Oh yeah, yeah. And then that obelisk appears in on the moon, and then all of a sudden it's like that's the the port, the portal, or like the the space time continuum, like interdimension kind of way that ultimately you get to where is where God is or another universe. Stanley Kubrick never explained that, and it's not in the book, the Arthur C. Clarke book, two thousand one. It's not in there either. Kubrick just messes with your mind. He never explains anything. He does, man. He does. But you know, Full Metal Jacket, I think, is the pretty straight up. Not you know, not it's too, pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, not too abstract. It's artsy, but yeah, it's straightforward. You're right. It's a good one. And he had the unfortunate circumstances of being like the third Vietnam War movie that decade. Platoon just blew everything out of the water. Platoon was so good. Oh yeah, Platoon man. had all the stars. And then I think after that was Hamburger Hill or something. Yeah. Yeah, Hamburger Hill. And then eventually we get to Full Metal Jacket. And it was kind of too late. Everyone else had done their Vietnam War epics and Kubrick was late to the party. So even though that is a great movie, it's kind of outshined by the other Vietnam movies, Vietnam War movies. So Definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But, but it is great. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I like uh, I like Platoon, man. Uh, platoon's awesome hell yeah Vietnam movies for yeah you know what about for, like the benchmark right right you know you got Oliver Stone and like you said you know the huge cast and all that And but what about um movies like 4th of July remember that with Tom Cruise Born on, ba- 
based on a true story. With our boy, uh, my favorite Scientologist, Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's, it's good. It's uh, an anti-war movie. It's Oliver Stone, actually. Right? Isn't it Oliver Stone? That is Oliver Stone, uh, also. Yeah. It had a really strong anti-war slant. So it's not as good as some of the others because it's more political. But no, I thought it was good. Friggin' great movie. It's really strong, strong movie for sure. Absolutely, man. And then, of it, course, our boy. Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. Stupid is, stupid does. Oh, man. That's a, that's a good foot. That's the best Vietnam story because he saves Lieutenant Dan and almost saves Bubba. Bubba, yeah. Yeah, and he saved a bunch of other dudes too. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. He did save several guys, man, several several soldiers. And uh, yeah, that was a great episode he did, by the way, man. I like that. Uh, had that had fun with Forrest Gump. You know, I liked it too, man. It's a good story. It's super cheesy, super sentimental, but it's a good story. <laughs> oh man, hey Jerry, man, it's been a great great having you man i really appreciate it appreciate you coming back man and being here with us on the random show yeah, no worries. first time random show yeah no no I enjoyed sorry it. hopefully we we stayed on topic was there even a topic <laughs> uh no man that's shit that's why we call it the random show bro so you can go wherever the f, f you want ever the fuck you want you know that was great i had fun uh you know i, I had a nice glass of wine so that helps. Oh, great, loosen, man. Loosen the mood. Yeah, man. You know, uh, before you go, Jerry, I wanted to give some shout outs, man, to, to some, some of my Instagram buddies. Uh, I had this, uh, Please. I went live on, on Instagram last Saturday and, uh, had, the, I think I saw that. I, I didn't see you with the broadcast, but I saw, I got an alert that you did. I, sh- I should have saw it. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, you should have come on, bro. Next time. We'll, we'll do more, okay. man. We'll do more of these little socials, these little virtual so- socials. We're going to have to, bro. We're going to have to. Otherwise, you're going to turn to Jack Torrance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't say that, bro. Don't say that. Um, but we had a, a few uh, a few of my friends. Uh, in particular, we had uh, Ray Loretta come on. Rachel, a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. We had James Taylor, Matt Gallegos, um, guy, um, guy I just met, Andy G. Killing It. Great name. Andy G. Killing It. Thank you for coming on. General Podcast. Bam Bam from General Podcast, man, was here. And we just, we had a great time, man. We had people were drinking and shit and telling jokes, just, you know, shooting the shit on, on virtual online, you know, it was cool. So, oh, wanna- yeah, man. No, I, I, I did that with a buddy for like uh, St. Patty's Day. You know, I kind of joined his little toast to the world. And yeah, no, you got to these days. Yeah, yeah, man. You got We got to do it. So but hopefully we do that again. But yeah, I wanted to thank all those guys for coming on. My brother Oscar. Oscar came on. Uh, Jay Lewis. Jay Lewis came on. So it was cool, man. Big shout out to you guys. We got to do this again. We got to do this again, Jerry. And thank you once again. So the random show, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another one in the books. What's that, brother? I was saying thank you. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Absolutely, Jerry. You're always welcome here, man. This is your second home, of course, on the 90s Glory podcast. So, but uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe to the 90s Glory podcast on iTunes write me a review tell me how much you love the show tell me how much of a awesome guy i am okay no tell me how much you love the show seriously and uh always like getting feedback give me those five stars like me on instagram follow me on instagram you know at uh, 90s underscore galore and then on twitter at 90s galore and uh yeah man we can go we can Let's network. Let's help each other out during these times. And uh, if you want to come on the show, any one of you fellow podcasters out there, let me know. Shoot me a DM. If you need a guest, shoot me a DM. I will come on a podcast. By the way, I haven't been on a podcast yet. On somebody else's podcast, I should say. 
So yeah, that's weird. What about what about uh, Rico? Is he doing anything or no? I don't think he is, man. He came on this one, uh, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing a podcast. He he mentioned something. He was doing something, uh, but he's not doing his own. As yeah, hmm. so he's so good too. He's, oh, he's as pro as a kid. He's he's amazing, bro. I I had a hard time keeping up with him, and um, yeah, you know. But uh, anyways. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for being here wherever you're tuning in from. Catch the 90s Galore podcast and the random show um, every week, every week. All right. So you guys have a great evening wherever you're at. And always remember to take it easy.